Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. I'm a designer, principal, and brand strategist at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Today on Obsessed with Design, I catch up with the founders of Ware Stewart in Augusta, Georgia, Alex Ware and Daniel Stewart. We learn why these two guys decided to start an agency together, their approach to design and branding, and why they bring so much of their own personality through in their videos and social media presence. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ware Stewart. All right, guys, today I'm really excited to welcome Alex Ware and Daniel Stewart, creative director and studio directors, respectively, and founders of Ware Stewart, an advertising agency located in Augusta, Georgia. Alex and Daniel, thanks for being on Obsessed with Design. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, man, this is great. Really appreciate it. Yeah. In good company, for sure. Indeed. (laughs) So you guys were one of the duos that I met in... uh, Columbus, Georgia at my first ever Creative South as uh, you guys were presenting that year. And hearing your talk, I felt a little bit like I was listening to myself. As that, <laughs> is that just because of the uh, massive amount of profanity that we were using? <laughs> or the, There's or the, just or something the, about agencies of a certain size that have like, you know, similar challenges and problems and goals and all these things. So I just, I just felt like you're reading my mail. It is uh it is, it is nice to, uh, to either speak to or speak with, uh, folks that understand the plight of the small creative business owner. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, a, you know, that's a creative South is just a great, great conference. Because it was a lot of, you know, especially at the time, a lot of people kind of in, in the same boat. So I think a lot of people there could relate to what other people were putting down. Yeah, really proud of Bucket, uh, Mike Jones, who uh, puts puts the deal on and, and really appreciate him having us on in, in the early days. We actually we actually met two team members yeah. at that Creative South uh, yeah. who eventually joined our team. So it's it was it was fruitful uh, you know, actually on the, it like, was team fruitful ma- and we multiplied. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the takeaway there is if you want to lose some great creative talent to wear Stewart, send them to creative. South. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Send yeah, them, yeah. send them but on. only when we're speaking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll buy you a couple of drinks and whisk, whisper sweet nothings into your ear. <laughs> so I, I was loving, uh, on your website, you've got this video that talks a little bit about how you guys started where Stewart over a burrito and initially decided you should each go your own way. So, so how'd you guys end up sitting next to each other in this agency and, uh, deciding this was the right thing to do? Uh, it, it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, Augusta is kind of a, a big little town. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're neck and neck with second largest city in Georgia next to Columbus where uh, creative South is, um, you know, so we're not big, but we're not small either. And, uh, when we kind of, when, when I moved back to Augusta from college, from the university of Georgia, uh, I started working at a small design shop and like, I, I got a real estate degree at Georgia. Yeah, so and, I, and I'm an English major. So, so we, li- <laughs> we literally have, we, we have absolutely no background in design or marketing or advertising or anything. Never had one lesson. And <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Alex had, had come back from, uh, from Atlanta 
about the same time I came back from, from Athens and uh, we spent a few years uh, kind of like battling back and forth at the local Addy awards with, you know, who was winning what. And uh, early on, like we really thought we would have these little secret lunches to like feel each other out from a competitive standpoint. And, and, and it was, uh, it was interesting because it like the, you know, I'm making the air quotes. No one can see the courtship as like our (laughs) wives referred to it the whole time. Like boyfriends on the phone, like that lasted like close to a year. I mean, we vetted each other pretty hard to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, what happened is we had, we wanted the same things and we kind of had the same ideas of, of, of what success meant. Right. So the, the burrito in question, uh, our office is literally two doors down from where this lunch happened, where we said, all right, we're going to, we're actually going to see if we can make this work and we can work together. And we spent a year, I was at a, a commercial printer at the time and Alex, uh, was running his own design firm and, uh, literally every single night, every single weekend beers after work, we would talk about, you know, what our criteria for success was, how we would, you know, what kind of clients we want to have, how big we want to be, uh, you know, what would we do if the money was terrible? What would we do if the money was great? I mean, really, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, partner averse because, uh, you know, I come from a family of single entrepreneurs uh, and everyone will tell you all over the place, you know, don't have a business partner. That's a terrible idea. It's never going to work. Uh, yeah, I, I think ours really has. I think we're lucky because of, we're very, very we we basically share about 99 percent of the same DNA in terms of how we think about it. But I think it helped that we did not know each other to begin with. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think we would have been bringing extra underwear to the picnic and, and things would have gotten weird. <laughs> it would have, it would have gotten weird. I mean, Alex is a little bit older than me and we went to the same high school and the same college. We were yep. frat guys. We had, you know, we grew up skating. We grew up listening to, you know, to, you know, tribe called quest and thrash metal. And so like early on, we we're like, Holy shit, we are the exact same guy. There's no way that this can fail. <laughs> That's what they put in the business books, right? Is to go out and find a guy exactly like yourself and then go into business. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Just, just so that you can be super redundant and waste a ton of each other's time. Just to, to let you know this is a safe place. That's me and my business partner. We often ask each other, what do we think about this? And do we like that? <laughs> because we pretty much have the same opinion on everything. So Yeah. You know, and, and I like we you know, we listened to the podcast and like we were, I was listening to the one the other day in preparation for this with the hood sisters. Oh, yeah. yeah. They did a good job of finding a business partner. Yeah, that was almost exactly job. like yes. them. Anyway, you know, we've always talked about like how it, it would be, I mean, as, as difficult as it is to find somebody who's on the same page with you and who wants the same things that you want. I, it would be because I did it for like two or three years. It's, it sucks to do it by yourself. Because, you know, you run into that thing that I I think, too, you know, I always ran into with design when I was by myself doing design. You're like, either what I have done is just mind-blowingly awesome or it sucks. And I can't tell because, you know, stuff that's good sort of lives in that space. And when you don't have somebody to be like, does this suck? And Daniel goes, yes. That is sucks. (laughs) You go, okay, good. That's, That's what I thought, but I just needed to make sure. It's that uh, this is Spinal Tap line about the fine line between clever and stupid. 
Yes, the fine line between clever and stupid. Yeah, we are, we are, we are, well we are, we are riding tap. the lightning on that one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we, we actually, on the spinal tap note, we actually play give me some money really loud whenever we receive a big check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Turn it up to 11. Stop wasting my time. Yeah, we, uh, we have a lot of, I, they, they just aren't, and by the way, we're going to continue to digress, so. If we need to stay on course, just stop us and give us the next question. But we just culturally, we have almost developed a completely different language um, with just the pure volume of inside jokes we have around here. It drives everyone's spouse crazy when they show up to the Addies together. And they just and don't they know just, what we're talking about. They, they, they don't know any inside joke at the Christmas it's party. It's just code. Yeah. <laughs> our, we find that our inside jokes are contagious. So when we do our stand-up meeting every morning, after you say what you're going to do that day, you do the baby sign language. It's just two hands up and you kind of wave them back and forth for all done. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when our people go to do other things, they wave all done when they're done talking and people are like, uh, what's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah. I, I have this fantasy that like our designers or project managers will go to like their supper club, which is some, I don't know. I don't even know if that happens everywhere. That's a Southern thing or goes to like hang out with their friends and will drop like just a super corny inside joke that we think is hilarious. And all of their friends look at them and they're like, you are the biggest weirdo we know. Yeah. They don't understand it. I get a it's little, I, I get, I get a little, <laughs> I get a tiny little bit of pleasure. It's, out of that. it's out of context of us all playing bingo in the office for someone to put up a job jacket and someone to yell balls really loud. <laughs> yeah. Cause we have the old, we, have the, we old, have the old thing and you roll a ball out and you're like B 13. Yeah. It balls. just sounds like somebody yelling balls. Which, again, out of context, is a little weird. Like much design can be bad. <laughs> See how we brought that back. So speaking of bringing that back, let's let's talk a little bit. I mean, you guys alluded to this a little bit that kind of design wasn't the natural path. How'd you guys both end up being professional designers? How this? How'd you get to this point? I'm not totally positive that I am a professional designer yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, well. You semi-pro. Know, I, You're at least semi-pro, right? Semi, semi. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was the kind of kid uh, for a little, little deep background on Dan. Uh, I've got a brother. He's two and a half years older than me. He was like valid Victorian, never made a B, can play the piano, grew, grew up to be a radiation oncologist. Super proud of John. He's awesome. And then by comparison, I lived in the same house right down the hallway. And I was the weirdo kid that was terrible at school. And was always constantly making jokes, but could draw a little bit. And everybody's like, oh, man, what's what's wrong with that one? And they're, you know, my parents would be like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's really creative. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was was kind of creative is a blanket. Uh, right. Creative is personality defects. Right. So, you know, I was I was always able to use creativity to kind of get myself out of a jam or out of trouble, whether it was, you know, just being witty at, at school or, uh, or doing anything, you know, art related or, uh, writing related was, was, was always pretty good. But I, I realized late in college that I was going to have to use that skill to be paid or I was not going to be able to eat. Like I, I really kind of figured out early on that if I didn't, if I didn't get into some kind of creative field and listen, like I went to university of Georgia and I wanted to be in my brother's frat. 
So I was pre-business, but I don't like, I couldn't pass a math class, which is weird because I do like a lot of the proposals yeah, and numbers <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know? And so I had no, no real business like in an accounting class. Uh, so I just scratched and clawed my way out of school and, and graduated. And my, like I said, my mother had a small business, so she had a graphic designer that she worked with. And, you know, I think my mom basically begged her to give me an internship And then I ended up staying there for three years. I just became obsessed with design primarily because when you're creating something on the computer, you can make multiple copies of it and you can hit the undo button and, you know, you can, you can make things really fast. That was always my deal with art was, you know, I I can doodle a little bit. I can draw a little bit, but don't want to paint. I don't want to do anything that takes a long time. And I don't want to do anything where, where mistakes ruin what you're yeah. working on. Right. So the, the, the computer yeah. was a big deal for me. I, I think that's interesting too, because you know, I, like he said, we both skated and stuff like that. And I really, really appreciated like, like the original Mike McGill deck. Like I just yeah. love, like I loved that style and I loved old comic books and, and, and I liked like album artwork at that time and things. And so, you know, for me, graphic design as somebody I was So I went to Georgia. I was a pre-med major <laughs> for like three weeks until I made back-to-back 52s on my chemistry exams. <laughs> then I changed to like journalism. And then I was art. I was actually an art major for a little while, but it was like fine art. And then, um, and then I ended up in English. But, you know, I always understood. And I think this is a lot of what our design philosophy is around here like i've always understood design like what different things are kind of communicating but you don't have to be like a really good fine artist to be able to express yourself in in a graphic design type of way because it's about um sort of co-opting styles and and getting composition and typography to kind of do things for you so Mm -hmm. you know we can somebody like me and, and somebody like daniel no offense, you know, can end up doing something that, that gets, you know, gets into how or printer communication arts when we would never be able to express ourselves like that, you know, without outside of the discipline of graphic design, you know, like the hood sisters can draw and the guys from methane are sick sick and, but, but through graphic design, we can still, you know, make things happen and induce things I think that we're proud of and that, that excite us that, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have to, you wouldn't be able to do because like Daniel said, you know, we're pretty straight up about the fact that we don't really consider ourselves to be artists because we think it's insulting <laughs> to people. <that> are. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like more of a curator of taste. That's a, good, uh, that's a good word for than, it. than, than a designer. So, you know, uh, one of the things that, that, you know, makes a, a designer who has the skill illustration wise and, and can pull things off that are really hard to do uh, design wise. When you marry that with having really good taste and understanding what is appropriate to solve a design challenge. I mean, that's when you get like the, the mega designer that's got mm-hmm. all the followers and everybody loves it and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But if you have the taste part, if you understand what's appropriate and you know that you are kind of a, a curator of things where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to take the color palette from, from this magazine ad that I'm looking at and I'm going to, I'm going to use typography 
you know, uh, from, from, from this reference over here and I'm, and I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to mash it all together and make this, this, this Frankenstein something new, but it's going to be really appropriate to whatever, you know, design I'm doing. Uh, you know, that's, I feel like that is something that, that you can just have and you don't necessarily need to go to school for it. Well, I think along the same lines, we had uh, Michael Beirut from Pentagram on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about very similarly. He's like, I've just never been the kind of designer who's got to like mess and finesse with something. It's like, if it doesn't come quickly in my sketchbook, then it's not the kind of thing I design. And uh, I, I think there's room in graphic design for that kind of quick visual solution and that, you know, really delicate, intricate kind of hand-drawn aesthetic that you're talking about that we see from like Hoodspot. Yeah, I, I wish hey, you, I wish you, you I wish you could see our faces right now. Yeah, <laughs> because I was going to ask you a question. Was was Beirut psyched that we were going to be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I was, no, I was just saying that, about that. I'm, I'm pissing. Like, like, holy shit! I'm, where's Stuart? Oh my there? god, <laughs> dude! I'm, I'm pissing in my pants to even be like referenced. Uh, and that's just yeah. you know that's no, but, yes yes but, very, yes we're pretty much exactly like Michael Beirut. Yes. I love, I love <laughs> that he exactly. has that he, you know because our design. Our design philosophy is like we talk about and we talk about um, design vocabulary, you know, so having a very wide vocabulary. So, you know, so you can say uh, something needs to look fast or something needs to look calm or something needs to look exciting or something needs to look old or something needs to look like it's from the late 60s, but not quite the early 70s that, you know, you just understand by because we're both, you know, we're both doing this just because we love it, not because there wasn't anything else we could do, which just as coincidentally was also the case. Right. But, <laughs> well, you can, you can build, you can build pools. I, get, I built pools when I was in high school. I was, my wife asked me if I could still do that. I was like, no, I can't build a pool right now. I have no idea how, but ha- understanding those things, because we love design, you look at all this stuff and you're like, okay, well, this is how somebody when I, I was, I've never, ever been anywhere I worked. I was never the best designer ever. I don't think I'm the best designer here. Yeah, and, definitely and, not. Yeah, Daniel agrees. And <laughs> everybody else would too. So would, so would Felix and Leonard and, and, and Sean and Lauren and everybody. But I always asked, like when I would sit next to guys in Atlanta and a couple of jobs I had, I'd be like, why did you do that? You know, not so much how it's like, how did you make that happen in Illustrator? Like, why did you do that? Why did you choose that typeface? Why did you? you know, do that compositionally and and it's all to achieve a feel. So, you know, we kind of treat like Daniel was saying, graphic design is like a solve. So we're trying to get something across. And so what do we deploy in order to get that across? Yeah. And, you know, and like you were saying that Beirut said, we're not the kind of guys that, you know, will sit down and just, I don't think either of us have the tolerance for excruciating level of detail on things. Sure. We're basically strugglers with like big, you know, sort of big themes. Like, is this kind of the right thing to do? And then if we feel like it's in the right place and it's getting accomplished, then we just kind of leave it because, you know, the enemy of good is better. And like we said, we're just, we're just not that good. Yeah. And I think that like kind of going back to something that Alex said a little bit earlier, you know, we are, uh, it is it is unfair how cool our job is being in a creative industry versus almost everybody we know. Like, I mean, like honestly, like it's it's so awesome that people give us money to do this. It's it's great. But when you kind of boil down to like he was like, we just love design. 
you know, and I've thought about like, you know, what do I love about design a lot? And it goes back to like a very old school kind of primal, you know, little thing back in like some dinosaur part of your brain that's like caveman area where we say, you know, to our team and internally, we want all of our work to be seen and we want it to be appreciated, right? So if your work is seen and appreciated, that means, you know, is better work, more people seeing it and the client appreciating it and you appreciating it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a combination of all those things, but that goes all the way back to your mom putting something on the refrigerator that you made in art class. And I don't know what kind of mom all you had out there, but Vera did not put every piece of artwork on the fridge. Like it had to be exceptional. (laughs) Right. So it was like, you know, she was, She's, I grew up, she was a caterer. She had, you know, a bakery and things like that. So nothing was going in her kitchen that wasn't like a plus. So when mom would get something on the refrigerator, you would be like, yes. And that feeling that you had goes all the way back to the first time I ever designed a billboard at like my first design job. I mean, this billboard that I designed, I heard that it had gone up, right? The billboard company let us know that it was up. And I was like, holy shit. So I changed my, like 30 minutes, I drove outside, you know, my route home, which is like five minutes. I drove 30 minutes to go visit this billboard that I made on my computer. And it sucked. It was mostly phone number. (laughs) It was all, it was, it was just, it was shitty. And I got out of the car and I took a picture of it and I was super proud of it. And, uh, and that feeling, that feeling doesn't go away. So when you see someone rolling down the street, uh, with a hat on of a brand that you created, or, uh, you know, a couple of years ago we had, you know, we had a couple of billboards in times square for a client. Right. So that's like, you go from like the crappy, mostly phone number billboard that, you know, that I did 10 years ago, uh, to, you know, a slightly less crappy billboard (laughs) in times square, uh, that, that does not get old. And that's why this job is awesome. Love it. There's the, uh, the first time I ever saw somebody with a, a logo that was not very well known that, that I had designed and I saw it was tattooed on this guy's leg. That what? is, that is just uh, a whole nother, whole nother gear. It's crazy. Damn. I don't think no one's, I don't think he was ever tattooed. Yeah. I bet they tattooed something Leonard's done that. No, definitely. But they have a tattoo. Yeah. Anything. Y'all, y'all holler hashtag wear Stuart tats. Yeah. If anybody's right. got wear <laughs> Stuart branding on their body. Yeah. We want to know. Yeah. And, you know, hit me up offline because I might pay for it just for yeah. the Instagram. It is, You know what, too, is it's just not that, you know, and we can and, and we can talk about sort of some of these things later and, and, and with the Internet and stuff these days. But, you know, validation is 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 kind of a weird thing, because generally with me, I know and I think with you, too, like you'll you'll do some things. And like when you first solve the thing and you and you see what it is and you're excited about it and you're like, yes, this is it. This is good. I think this is good because generally we make a lot of shitty things before we make something that's good. You know, so you get the one good thing out of the process and you're like, yes, this is it. And so right then when you solve the problem, you're psyched about it. But generally for me and like I said, I think for you, Daniel, it doesn't take long to be away from that, to be like, that's not that good. Right. You know what I mean? And just like (laughs) highly critical of your own stuff. So when you see somebody like adopting it, like, and hear people actually love it, then you can kind of be like, well, maybe it is. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe we are good at what, I mean, you know, we're very self-effacing, but there are certain things that I guess have been undeniably good that, that, and you know, and when people want to adopt something you've done, then 
that's that's a positive thing. And I don't know. Are you like that? Are all designers like that to some extent that they just kind of horrified by things you've done? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's the rare case where you look back at your stuff and go, man, look at all that great stuff. Uh, I just picked up a copy of uh, Draplin's book. And just, you know, you flip open any random page, you're like, man, everything on this page is killer. And then you go to the rest of the book and it's like, it's all really great stuff. And just like, man, the stuff that I did 15 years ago, I would throw up in my mouth a little bit to look directly at it. You know, like I I always think like we're, um, it's always like the most recent project. And I'm like, yeah, well that one's going to be awesome. Or this next one, it's all this one, when this is done, this is going to be killer. And then I'm on to the next thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. We call that getting your feelings hurt. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that we, you know, that we follow and, and a lot of, you know, designers and firms that kind of got us into the business. And we say like, when something is really good, we're like, Oh my God, I think, did you see, didn't they, did you uh, see what so-and-so just posted? Oh my God, that hurts my feelings so bad. Didn't they put, <laughs> um, didn't they put that? I, I want to say like the first, and this might be wrong, but I want to say like the first time we got publishing something, it was like printer how, like they asked for a comment on it. And, and we like what we think of the magazine. And we were like, well, generally we, when we pick it up, we hate it. We hate it because <laughs> it's such a, it's such a reminder of, of, you know, how, how badly we're getting dominated. Did whatever editor that was reading that actually get, like how, I wonder, how I we had flipped that they, around. I can't remember if they printed that. I want someone to come up with the, these website for designers where they post all the shitty work. It's, it would be yeah. like, it would be like, it would be like living in the upside down. Right. If you're watching stranger things right now, which I'm going know. crazy at like, so it's like the upside down version of dribble. Right. And like you, you get all of like just the really, really but that, bad. But, that, but that's the crazy thing though, is like design is so subjective that there could be a lot of great stuff on the bad side, you know, no. because, because just of how, like just how things flow and things come in vogue and things go out and like things at the time, like stuff that's in right now would be bullshit like five years ago. And then like stuff right now, that's like all the dopest thing ever. And gradients, like five years, gradients yeah, are back. Player. Gonna look terrible. <laughs> you know, there's just, there are all these little like, you know, that's that's kind of my 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 dribble theory, um, I think, is we just supersede every question that we wanted, <laughs> we're going to get asked. I tell you, I tell you one 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 thing that I am intrigued on from a design perspective uh, right now is bad design that works really well. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, we have clients come in with, you know, logos that, you know, are 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 really executed pretty poorly. Right. But are, you know, maybe they are just a staple in the community or like if you changed or updated this thing, there would be a riot or like, you know, you can't you can't touch it. So, like, you know, I look at, you know, things that are like, oh, my God, can you believe the typeface they used on this or or like, look how bad this design is. But like there's, you know, there's there's some weird black magic going on sometimes with with bad design that really works for whatever problem it's trying, trying to solve. Do you remember when well, there's like, also the intentionally bad design, like American? Yeah, no, American no, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's uh like urban outfitters a few yeah. years ago mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. okay, like this yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're urban. So like they probably paid some designer 150 grand to make it look like really bad student work. And they did a great job. And they nailed it. 
because right. And, and so you're like, okay, so that's a that's a really good example of like hipster, you know, air quotes happening right now. Bad design that that is really solving the problem. But that, yeah, because that's, I mean, it's always interesting to see, like, we always think about, you know, we think about design in terms of strategy a lot. So, you know, if the strategy there is make it look super anti-corporate because, you know, people want it to be anti-corporate because then they're going to buy our stuff, even though we're a giant corporation, then that check the box, you know, because really a lot of times it's hard to design, at least for us. I mean, like we need parameters and I know that, you know, there are people, like you said, like Draplin, that, that will, they, they will make anything look incredible because they are just immensely talented. But we got to have some rules. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got to have a style that we're aiming for or something that we're trying to accomplish in order to do it. So what was what was the question? <laughs> as, as a side point, while we were talking about this, I was trying to figure out what dribble spelled backwards was. And I think it's L bird. Ooh, Elbert. That's like Limagrag. So Elbert.com's got to be a domain. No, I don't know about this. Tell me about this. All right. Limagrag. This was like, I had a, I had a real. Is this, is this going to have anything to do with what we're talking about? No, no. So I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, so Limagrag, I had this, I had this, I had this wacky Latin teacher in, in high school that I love. And he would like tell us about all this weird, like he was into like just all kinds of mythology and Dungeons and Dragons and all this kind of stuff. And he was telling us about Limagrag, which is uh, it's Gargamel spelled backwards from the Smurfs, Smurfs. <laughs> right? And it's this like super satanic I group. The Smurfs were French and not Latin. Well, he was just a Latin teacher, but he was into the Smurfs. He was into wizardry, yeah, yeah. wizardry and black magic and that stuff. That yeah, sense. Limagrag. I think you can probably. Google it, yeah. not at work, at home, yeah. and I, see I what's up. Yeah, I don't think they need a backwards dribble. <laughs> you know, dribble for me, like to, what dribble does to me, in my estimation, is it like it accelerates trends yeah. like crazy. Like, oh, yeah. you know, somebody, Nick Slater comes in there and or, you know, or Jay Fletcher and people like that. And Kendrick, all of who are people I hugely admire, but people will start doing something like people will start doing mono weight line illustrations. And then boom, everybody that's on there that like, you don't know is like, it's just aping it and it's just biting the style. And so it takes something that back in the day when you had to experience the packaging or run into the poster or see the magazine would take a lot longer to proliferate. And, and I, you know, we've always tried to, and, and I know it's probably not true, uh, but We've always tried to like intentionally not have a style like Daniel and I will actually trade off some projects to stay away from what our preferences are. Because if I had my preference, I would do things a certain way every single time. Yeah. You know, but but I I stay away from things that go to the things that I love because then I feel like I'm compromised somehow because I'm making something look like I want, even if it's appropriate. But if, if I were somebody that, you know, had a really awesome style that I had you know, created myself and then I'm monetizing and then every, every kid on dribble sees it and just starts biting it, you know, and, and putting that stuff up there. I, I would be, I'd be kind of pissed off about that. Yeah. I'd be, fortunately we don't have a style. Yeah. If we, if we were, if we, if we were good, if we were good enough to have a style that everyone would wanted to rip off, I can assure you we would be doing it. Uh, but Draplin was in our (laughs) office, like Draplin came down, he had a talk in Augusta, 
and he came down for a visit in our office and, uh, you know, I, I, and, and he's like, he's a great example for that. I was like, I was like, dude, like you, you created a thing like, and in, and in our generation of designers, I mean, he's, he's, you know, at least at the moment, he's, you know, certainly on like this Mount Rushmore of influential graphic designers and his style and what he's doing. And so I asked him kind of point blank. I was like, how do you feel about all these people that are doing traplin? I mean, there are like tribute bands out there that are just nailing it like crazy, you know, and he was, you know, he was very, you know, he's a, he's, even though he's, even though he's a, he's a big boisterous guy, he's, he's actually like super humble and, and, and a really nice dude. Double-edged sword too, because he's trying to inspire and he's trying to, you know, and and he inspire, you know, and I guess, like you said, music's a good analogy. It's a good, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I guess that's going to happen with anything, but to me, dribble is just like a lab for that. It is like, I mean, you super just see, interesting. like it, it ended like you used to go on there and you'd see something and you're like, that's Jay, you know, that's Jay Fletcher yeah. or that's Kendrick or that's Tron or, or somebody. And and now you turn it on and you, and you're like, you don't really know him. You don't really <laughs> that's know. Not him. <laughs> right, that's right. not him. Damn. That looks like him. That's not him. You know? So you guys have the benefit too of, you know, to avoid getting stuck in ruts as a company, you've got, a whole team supporting you. So it's not just the two of you designing everything. Right. So tell me a little bit about kind of the size and shape of where Stuart, like how many people and what kind of roles do you have and what's that look like? Okay. Uh, we, we counted it in the car today. Yeah, we counted it in the car. So we're, uh, we're, we have 13 full-time team members. Um, and we typically have, uh, an intern. Our last intern, Stacy was the bomb shout out to Stace face. Yes. If you're listening, so we're about 13 people, which is a really good size for us. We have, we have Stephanie who runs the office from like a CFO standpoint, right? So she's doing all the billing and, and, and all of the, the business related stuff that we need to do. Um, cream, get the money. Cream, cash rules, everything Joe. around Stephanie. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar, the bills. That'd be Crease. S. Joe. That's yeah. Crease. Uh, we've got a couple of account executives, uh, Beth and Sam, who uh, manage clients and expectations, do a lot of the, the traditional things that, a, that an AE or project manager would do. We're, we're pretty heavy on the design side, right? So I'm still a little bit involved in, in design and, and art direction, mainly because I, I, I can't not have an opinion because I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak in that way. Alex is our creative director. Um, he's managing uh, Felix and Leonard. Uh, Lauren is our production manager. She came from a print background. So we actually poached her out of the printing company that uh, I work for. So she's managing all of our like traffic and kind of production stuff. One interesting thing that we do uh, is we do our own merchandise for clients, right? So promotional products and merchandise with, uh, with Sean. Um, And that's something that actually Lauren uh, brought to the table when we brought her on. Um, And this is, I don't know if a lot of people are always looking for skill set. But, you know, as a designer, we, we just got into this thing where we make, you know, a lot of what we do initially as brands for people. So we name a lot of people, too, which is a pain in the ass, but name people and brand people. So <laughs> when you when you do the brand for somebody and you show them all the stuff like here's how it looks on a hat, well, then they want the hat. And so what used to happen is they find someone to get the hat or we contact someone to get the hat and then the hat comes back. And the logo's all fucked up. It's huge. You know what I mean? It's, it's stretched out. It's just a crappy really hat. It's whatever. And so, and so Lauren is part of her role in the in the print shop where she used to work. She did all that stuff. And so we were like, well, we can just keep that in house. And it was and it was 
more of a, a quality control issue. But now that Sean is here, he's got a lot of background in it and expertise. And now, now it's helped us a lot because now we're giving people stuff that's like nice, like that they want and they want to wear. And he actually knows like what a good t-shirt is versus a crappy one. And so, and so people get those things and they love Yeah. So, so when you rebrand your city's university, um, you get a shot at doing all the merchandise for the bookstore when they flip it for everybody. Which is nice. Right. So that's cool. And then we got, then we got Judah who set up all the mics and stuff in here. And, uh, and is, he's kind of a, he's kind of a utility man. He can design some, he can dev some, he does, he does all the videos and stuff that you see on our site. A plus on the videos, Judah. Yeah. yeah the props. ones that we do. Yeah. And a, whole, a whole, a whole lot more silly shit getting posted, uh, considering <laughs> that a lot more of it's documented these yeah. days, which is, which yeah. is slightly scary. Um, and then we have Matt and Mark and Amanda, Team team digital. Yeah. So we, we have a small, you know, kind of web design division. I'm doing a lot of that right now from like a UX and UI standpoint. Amanda, who is the bomb, uh, is is kind of running those projects and working with Mark, who is our back end developer and Matt, who does all of our front end. So we typically have, you know, three to five web projects of like we kind of have a sweet spot of, of size of web project that we do. We typically have, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of workflow going on there. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of how we're made up. Yeah. And we <laughs> and we I'm not going to I don't want to knock on wood. I will. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good. This is a good. This is kind of always even when we were like seven or eight, kind of what we thought that we needed. So right now it's pretty comfortable, but it was a bitch getting here. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people out there are having to run their own gig. But when it gets when it gets over a half dozen, you know, then it's really starts to be about managing everybody and putting the pieces together. And, and really, we've had a huge onus um, ever since we, you know, we're having that burrito about culture mm-hmm. and culture is just is unbelievably crucial around here. Yeah. There's those, uh, those awkward sizes where you're like too big to be small and not small enough to be big kind of, you know, we we're at 16. So definitely have been through that phase ourselves of like, after you get over five or six, but you're not quite to 10 and it's just it's some weird spots. And then somebody goes on maternity leave and somebody's husband gets transferred and, you know, and, and somebody goes back to school or like these, these things happen. And then you're mm-hmm. just like, gotta, it's when you really got it. And I mean, and you'll understand when you really got it assembled in a good way, it is uh it is a, it is a great feeling. Yes. Cherish those moments. Cherish those moments. Well, they are fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you guys a little bit. One of the projects in particular, I was enjoying all the video content and kind of the brand story around, uh, Lister Hill. So tell me a little bit about, about that project. So they are, they're one of our favorites, right? So for a lot of different reasons, primarily they're, they're really good to work with and their values really kind of align with us. And when we're there and when we're with the client, uh, it's, it's, it's always a good time and we jive really well. But one of the most interesting things about, that client is how they found us. So 
when, when we like, it was, it was me and Alex, we had a, we had a small team and we were moving from like this dungeon of an office in this like defunct old board of education in Augusta. Yeah, our, uh, our conference room was an old safe. Yeah. It was like a vault. Was cool as shit. Yeah. It, it was, was so like, cool. It was like 10 by eight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we moved, we rented a building downtown before we, uh, before we renovated our building where we are now. So when we moved to our downtown on Broad Street, which is like the cool area of town, we wanted to do like, oh, man, you know, we're we're here. Like, what you know, get, get get ready for it. And we and, used to and we used to have this thing early on, too, where we would like almost it was almost like daring each other to do things. Like if, if you said like, oh, I got this idea, let's do this. And then, you said it out loud. You didn't do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you, if you, if you said an idea out loud yeah, and didn't do it, you, you were a bitch. So you had bitch, to do it. You were a punk. So, <laughs> so the idea was let's fit, let's make it look like the entire building is full of packaging peanuts, right? Like in a moving box. Right. And so the windows had to be over 20 feet tall. Like it's, it's two stories of windows and it was all windows in the front. So we fashioned, uh, yeah, like we out of little forms, out, out of, of cardboard and duct tape. And we made, uh, like these, these channels where we would get up on these huge ladders and we would dump the packaging peanuts into it. So when you looked at it's it from crazy the, too, cause they get heavy. Yeah. Yeah. They get heavier than they you get, think. Yeah. But when you looked at it from the outside, I mean, it, it looked badass. So we were like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And like, <laughs> especially sure, when their lights were on inside, it totally looked like the whole thing was full of packaging. Yeah. So I'm sure like, you know, the 20 people that, that drove by it while it was up really appreciated it, but we took pictures of it. And we submitted it to Hal's promotion design annual and they put it in. Right. And it's just a picture of me and Alex out in front of our building that was filled with packaging peanuts. Bro, and it was like, and out, just like bro and out. And yeah. T-shirts. And, uh, and so we get a phone call, um, a couple of months later after that magazine comes out and it's like, Hey, we're from this credit union in Alabama and we're going to send you an RFP. And we're like, why, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why Are would you, you sure? send us an RFP? Yeah. And they were like, we, we saw you in how, and we were like for the peanuts. And they were like, yeah, you, you look creative. So anyway, we, we got the gig and, uh, we did, um, a big project, but, but kind of a, a little bit of a, of a smaller project than what we just launched. So we had, we've worked with them for four years on their, their kind of youth category, which is 15 Mm -hmm. to 25 year old market in, in the credit union. And then last year they said, okay, we're going to give you all a shot at the rest of it. Right. So to rebrand the entire credit union and, and, and we got the opportunity but the thing to do that. that. We, but the thing, yeah, the thing that we did for them that they contacted us about got, it got, it got in how to, they got back in it. Yes. Yes. They contacted us because of something we did in how about a project. And then that, and then that project got which was cool. into the same magazine the next year. But they, but they're, they're very cool. Like we like people that will kind of ride with us. You know, I mean, we don't do like our deals to be appropriate, you know, and, and to solve the problem. So a lot of times, you know, in a big branding thing, that's not going to be something overly designy or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or so clever that people aren't going to know what the hell they're looking at, you know, cause you got to deliver the message. You have to take the money that they give you and make them feel like they have turned that into more money because <laughs> they used you. And a lot of times that means it's not going to be some bananas thing, but with these guys, there's always these little projects where they're like, they'll let us do crazy stuff. Like the, the wheel we made that says me or we upside down. And like, if you spin it, 
because mm-hmm. it's kind of like explains what a credit union is. And I won't unpack that here, but if you spend it lands on me, they would like give you something. And if you spend it and it lands on we, then they donate money to charity. Um, and we thought we threw that thing in and didn't think, you know. Yeah, and they, they did. We're like, this is cool. Yeah, and then they did it. And they, they did just, it. They, they made, made it. it happen, and they made the youth thing happen. Um, it, it's and imp- so a lot of our a lot of our clients like the like the like the we had a very weird idea for um, the beer this beer client. We're, we've got we're, we're doing some like you know the holy grail of of graphic design, which is getting to do some beer packaging now. And we just did this really weird thing with a yard gnome. Uh, for this IPA and they loved it <laughs> and they were cool. And, and, you know, but it, again, we could, we could rationalize it like crazy. Like we could, we could defend it because it made sense and they, and they let us do it because they trusted us, which is nice. So I think that's a great example of kind of the things that make a, make a great client is, you know, clients that will, will trust you to help them solve the problem. Um, what do you look out for? Like, what's a red flag for you? What's a thing that is, is a showstopper when you're talking to somebody new? So, so here's, here's one thing that we have learned. I, I, I do a lot of the, uh, I get a lot of the new business inquiries, right? So I've, I've got a, I've got a little bit of, of exposure to this kind of thing. One of the things that I feel like we've done a little bit of above average well as a company is we're pretty authentic about who we are. So when you go to our website, you know, we, we will post the, the, the good with the silly, with the bad, like, you know, this, you know, how we talk on this podcast and how we act in these videos that we post on Instagram, that's kind of what you're going to get, whether you are a small business owner or you are a CEO, probably because, you know, Alex and I don't have the tolerance to change ourselves for the situation, (laughs) uh, And what has happened is clients will start to self-qualify to work with us. So, you know, if you watch one of our videos on our website and you don't particularly like how casual we're being about it, then you never submit a form through the website or pick up the phone and call. (laughs) Right. I mean, if if you want a creative director to show up in a, in like a black turtleneck with like the little glasses and stuff like then this, you're not going to get it here. We eliminate, (laughs) we eliminate clients before they even ask. Right. So that's good. (laughs) So we never get to see that. But, but, but I think that that's really important for everybody. Like even if you're a freelancer or you're a huge agency, we found that we are not good at projects that we can't get excited about. Right. And uh, one of the we're big, we're also not good. We, we also don't do things well that we don't like doing, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're, and when you're coming up, you'll say yes to just about anything. Yeah. And, and we, and we tried to like ride that snake a little bit, but just anything that we don't really like doing, we suck at. Yeah. And, and like, and, will you manage our social media and, yeah. and post when it's margarita hour at my restaurant? Yeah, sure. And it's terrible. And it sucks. And then, and then, and then things fall apart after that. So, uh, to get like specific red flags, um, uh, I haven't seen any of our work. Yeah. I, I mean, mean if, if somebody comes in and they haven't like gone like, and they ask, you know, have you ever done this or that or whatever? It's like, have you not gone to our website? It's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, so it answers all your questions. So like if you, if you're sitting in a meeting with someone and they're, and they are like, you know, well, have you ever rebranded a university system before? Like a year ago, we would be like, no, 
But we obviously can. I mean, solving problems through design is not category specific. So what you learn rebranding a liquor store, you can use a lot of that information rebranding a spa or a or a a hospital. That's a good, interesting little thing. So I don't it's like when people ask, like, well, have you have you ever have you ever done packaging for sewing needles? Well, I haven't. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Good. Good day to you, sir. How does that go? You know, so that's that's a red flag. Uh, another one would be uh, another one would be just money first stuff. Or if they are, you know, I, I think that I think that everyone should talk to, to you know, multiple people about fees and stuff like that. But you need to pick the designer or the firm that you think is going to do the best job. Now, if somebody adds a zero, which admittedly like we've done on a project that we really didn't want to get. So we added the zero because I read something in how magazine like 10 years ago that somebody added a zero and they said, yes, right. That has not happened to us yet. Um, but (laughs) you know, money, money is not the first reason to, to, to choose. We've generally had some things before too, where we were just like, we don't want to do this. This is a bad idea. And in the past we'd done it anyway. And we were right. I mean, it was, I, I don't think we've ever, there have been very, very few that we've gone into and be like, this, this is a bad idea. And it turned out being good. You know, the other thing, this is just a pet peeve of mine. I, mean, I don't have to deal with it. You do. But I, I just we like part of our deal is we want to make the most out of the resources that our clients give us. Like we want to take the money and like max it out and just get return. But you can't do that if people won't tell you what they want to spend. You know, I just think the world would be a beautiful place if somebody came in and said, I need to move the needle. I got 60 grand to do it or whatever they got, you know, and you use that money to, to do whatever it is you can do to, to help. And that's, and that, that happens more in smaller markets like ours. Um, either they've been burned before or there's, there's a trust thing there, but you know, there, there aren't as many, uh, marketing directors or clients that are willing to like really lay out the budget for you which creates more work on the, on the, you know, landing the client side, you know, but I mean, you, you have to prove to the client that, that, that you really have their best interest in mind. And, you know, and I mean, let's be honest, we're in advertising. There's a ton of shady people that do what we do. That's so hard to blame them. It's true. So one of my favorite questions to ask everybody on the show is, um, one I'm going to ask each of you and Daniel, I know the answer for you is maybe Justin Bieber, but what are you guys most obsessed with right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, purpose is fire. You know, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think, I think that all of your listeners will agree with that so that we, we, we don't need to, we don't need to go into it. You know, it's interesting. So like what I'm really into, I, I've always been into things that are, that are creative uh, a big change for me uh, over the past year as I became a dad. So that is that is something new to kind of ob- obsess about. And, you know, my son is a little over one years old, so he's like learning things. And that's really unbelievable. So I spend a lot less time reading the magazines and getting on the blogs than I used to. But I think that it's really important for designers and people that are in creative industries to, to do something other than that. Right. You don't have to have, you don't have to have, like, I love side projects. We did a side project, like, like do something other than design, right? I mean, the only thing more frustrating than design and clients is kind of what I'm, except what I'm obsessed with right now. And that's playing golf 
So like, <laughs> like, like, so, so I'm trying to like learn how to play golf and get better than that. And it, and it is, you know, that is a super corny thing for like a designer to, to mm-hmm. do, but is just kind of a different challenge. It gets me out of the office. You're outside. Uh, you know, you're not looking at a screen, uh, which I think is really important. And it's, it's just, it is okay to be a super basic dude. Like you are, you are an awesome guy from eight to six when you're working and you're doing all this cool creative stuff and all your friends think that you're super neat. But then on your, on your time off, like just, just be a corny dad, like, like play golf or like just do something super corny and and you'll, you'll get a lot of happiness out of that. All the, you know, all the stuff that we've been obsessive about has, you know, has been has been focused around here because it's been basically teaching ourselves how to run this place and taught ourselves how to screen print, you know, and, and all this sort of stuff. And for me, because my role is creative director, I'm generally I generally am. And, and we're both kind of this way. And I think a lot of designers are. I'm generally obsessed with like the thing that I'm doing right now. You know, so when I go home, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about is that the right thing or how do we solve this? And a lot of things, ideas occur to you in the morning or at night or something. And, and you just, I think about like the thing that I'm doing. And then when I finish that, I'm thinking about the next thing. So outside of that, like I, I, I generally try to like not obsess. So if there, you know, I like, I got into gin about a year ago. I like gin. I mean, not, not to the point of alcoholic obsession, but you know, making drinks and stuff like that. And I like food and, and I'll obsess on music like Daniel does. Like I'll get something and just, and wear it out in like a week and then, and then move on to the next thing. So, so my little obsessions are like hyper-focused little things and they just, and they constantly change because I don't, you know, like Daniel was kind of saying with the, with the golf and the dad and thing is like when I'm out of here, I, I want to like be able to kind of not obsess about something because frankly, it gets exhausting. Well, and, and, you know, and it was like this for us and anyone that has started an agency or a small business knows that the first few years are just brutal. And like, I didn't get to hang out with my friends ever. Like even my wife, like I would come yeah. home and she would be in the bed. Like all like, so, you know, when you're built, when you're building what you're doing, like you have to put that in. And now that we are lucky enough to have the team that we have and, and, and we've, we've got some pretty good momentum, like I'm going back to like my college buddies and be like, Hey, remember me? Let's do something fun. Like, yeah. like, I'm yeah. not, like, you know, can we please hang out? And they're like, dude, I don't hang out anymore. And I'm like, shit, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. like, you know, hang, hanging out with, hanging out with buddies and, and that kind of thing is. I like the big Graham's album. That's, but that's, I, I will wear that. I will wear that shit out within a week, and not be able to listen. And, to it and then you got to, and then you got to move on. Yeah. You guys have any any design heroes? I do. I, I've got some specific ones, right? So mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, we uh, just learning on YouTube how to screen print, like you know, this was like when the gig posters deal. And by the way, RIP gig posters, like. Yeah. RIP, yeah, yeah, man. That's terrible. 
you know, so everybody that knows gig posters, you know, uh, you know, eight years ago, it just had this unbelievable heyday and the community is awesome. Back in the day, you'd post one and people would just rip the ass out of it. Oh, dude, we got so much. (laughs) We got so much shit talked about our design. It's crazy. Because somebody just tear it down. Well, and then then one day, like one of the guy, like I remember, um, I think Robert from methane. He never said anything nice to us ever. No, one, one of them did. Not on gig posters. That was Mark. It was Mark. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense. I hope those guys are listening. But anyway, <laughs> Mark was like, said something about one that was like, hey, guys, like, this cool. Is, this is great composition or something or like nice typography. And, and then we, we like, and then we giggled oh, and then we get married. It was more like, he, 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 he liked yeah. it. So, so we learned like by watching YouTube videos, we learned how to, uh, we learned, learned how to screen print. YouTube. All right. I learned it by watching YouTube. <laughs> So we learned how to screen print and we would do that because I had a garage and bought all the equipment and we would do that for our, our local venue down here. And that was cool. But like, so I had some heroes in that regard and still are. I mean, uh, Mike and Dan at Aesthetic Apparatus, uh, you know, were were a big influence. A lot of, you know, the collage style that they had and and what they were doing uh, up there in, in Minneapolis was I just was just really, really drawn to from a graphic design standpoint. And then right up the road. Uh, Rob and Mark at Methane Studios were just like, and were just like producing like unachievable, just hurting your feelings like crazy illustration and stuff. So we like, and they were from Georgia, right? And they were doing all this stuff and we just admired them like crazy. Um, Morning Breath. Morning Breath. You know, those guys, you know, unbelievable. Um, We we went to a poster show in Savannah, bandwagon thing. And when we were setting up, Jason... Noto walked over um, and was like, what's up, guys? And we were like, uh, I don't know, just setting up our just shit. Fan, just fanboy city. Was like, yeah, just like, because, you know, he's done a bunch of, like, the, I still love the, the Queen, Arrow Bulgaria yeah, stuff. Queens, all Queens of the stuff. I mean, I just, I like their style. Their style is really, really cool. And it's really, um, it's, I mean, you know, they, they've got a, a, a really... Like their their taste level on curating stuff and the kind of stuff that they put together to me is just so badass. But anyway, he apparently knew who we were, which blew my mind. I think he was just. Time. I think he was just I being mean, nice. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. Either way, you know? so we so so we got to meet all these guys at this great poster show to, at Savannah met, College met, of, met, of Art and Design. We met Drap on there. We met Methane there. We met we met all those guys. burlesque and all those guys and got to hang out and that was super cool. Um, you know, and that was great. By the way, if the guys from Methane, you know, if and Rob specifically, if you go out on the town with that guy, just be ready. Just drink some water. Yeah. Drink some hydrate. water. Hydrate. Uh, yeah, we, we gotta do, we gotta do that again soon. And I've got one design hero, a guy that I've, I've traded emails, uh, with before, and I've never met that I, that I really admire and have for a long time as a a designer uh, named Gil Schuler from Charleston. Yeah. And, uh, he was the first time I saw his work, he was doing, uh, I think more of like uh, these, these big, beautiful real estate, real estate publications. And uh, he's kind of like in Charleston, the Charleston design scene is just blown up like crazy. And Jay Fletcher's there and Fuzzco and all these, you know, mm-hmm. Stitch and Hook and, and all these folks, you know, and, and I, I kind of looked at him as like the OG. I don't know that he is, but like I kind of thought that like he was the OG. He's been doing it there for forever. And uh, I follow him on like Instagram and social media and he'll 
he's got like that balance that, that I want to achieve. Right. So he's like, he's like, he would hurt my feelings with design. And then he's hurting my feelings, catching a spot tail bass on the weekend, like fishing and stuff. I'm like, Oh shit, this guy's got the combo. Uh, so I've always, uh, you know, Gil Schuler, if y'all hadn't heard of, uh, uh Gil Schuler design, y'all, y'all check that out for sure. I've always been a big fan of his. Yeah. I, um, I, I like, you know, all those people he said, and all, all the, you know, a lot of those guys from the poster stuff, and then people that are kind of doing the same thing that we're doing and, and getting it done. I think Alan Peters, I mean, who doesn't think that he is awesome, but the fact that he does this like hyper corporate stuff for Target that's really cool, and then he'll do, you know, some badass birth announcement for his kid. You know, he, he has a really good balance of doing those things. Um, the, way that, the way that Kendrick Kid does highlights and yeah. shadow stuff, just mm-hmm. kind of blows my mind. I mean, the guy can make a one color, like angled illustration of a stapler that is just rad. Yeah. And it's crazy. And shout, then, sh- shout out the halftone deaf, the Duval crew. Yeah. 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 That's right. Shout out big, big ups to Tron and thems. Um, but I, I like, you know, I like that stuff. And then I, I really just have like specific, specific styles of, of things that I like, like of different eras I like a lot of 60s stuff. I like a lot of um, Dutch kind of stuff. Um, some mid-century, I like 40s things. Um, so I just kind of have like little things from eras I like. I really do like to, I like the, uh, I admire the Hood Sisters a lot. I think their style is awesome. They have this just kind of cool surfer slash bikery girl mm-hmm. thing going on that they've got that they just kind of have this flavor. I mean, and they're not, they, you know, to me, they're, they do things too that aren't, you know, of singular sort of design. They don't have, I mean, they have a thing that they can do that kind of no one else can do, but they don't just do that all the time. They, they have, right. they do some corporate stuff that's smart too. So now we'll have the longest list of people that we admire. 90% of our show notes today will be people that you guys admire, which is totally cool. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and specifically, uh, Jen hood was, uh, was a very good sport about, uh, getting completely dominated in a street style, uh, Instagram showdown, uh, between me and her, uh, she wasn't good. Yeah. She she caught, caught the beat down of the century on that one. And then, and then one day (laughs) I, I tied her on, um, what's the, uh, what was that? What was that app that used to show you? It's probably still around that shows you like your, like how much influence you have on the internet. Oh, a clout battle. You had a clout, clout showdown? I tied her on clout one day. And, and, when, I, and, when, I, and when I tied her on clout, and, and I, like, I sent her a screenshot and was like, tied you on clout. And then she like buried. Then she hit yeah. another gear. And just yeah, like, yeah. She, she, made, she made a tweet and then, and then, uh, and then for real, left him but in the man, dust. My, my for real design. <laughs> made a tweet. Is that even a thing? No. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, look. I made, made a I made a tweet. We had our Australian. We've got a, a, a good friend. You know, I admire this guy, too. Our good buddy Ben Lopez over at Paper Monkey in Australia. He's the guy we met at How. He's a super cool guy, and uh, he loves to work with us. And he sent, he sent us an email today and said that he he saw our videos online and realized that we all sounded like Rick from from The Walking Dead <laughs> because we're from Georgia. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my real, and 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 my big design heroes are Felix Oliha, Leonard Zimmerman. Uh, Sean and, and Lauren, because they, they constantly like save our ass every day. You're my hero too, Dan. Oh, I'll be that. I'll be that for you, Alex. 
Thanks, man. <laughs> well, on that note, before we let you guys go, I want to know if you guys have a best piece of advice or favorite thing to pass on to new to new team members when they join yet. Where's steer? What's your, what's your favorite piece of advice to give to new people or someone here? Yeah. Uh, new people, you got to take your work seriously, but you can't take yourself too seriously. That's a big, that's a big criteria, um, around here, but the best, the best piece of advice that I ever heard, uh, and this goes back to, this goes back, I think this was Rob from methane. So we went down to, to hear the guys from methane studios, give a lecture at, at SCAD and someone stood up in the crowd and, uh, you know, said, how do I, you know, how do I get to the point where I can do posters for the Dave Matthews band? And Rob goes, get good. Yeah. <laughs> two word, two word answer, get good. And like, that was it. And he was totally serious and he didn't like laugh at all or whatever. Um, but you just, you know, certainly early on, uh, but he's talking about for someone here. I well, mean, I'd like for them to get good as well. I would too, but I mean, <laughs> uh, but that's hopefully they're good when they arrive. But but it's, I mean, for here it is, uh, it's it's all it's all an attitude thing, you know. We our philosophy around here is that we we take the high road on everything. I mean, and and the high road is a hard road because a lot of times people don't take the high road, um, but we always take it, and I think. Uh, that is, that has kept our karma tight and allowed us to do a lot of things, allowed us to retain people. Um, so that attitude of being really cool to each other, treating it like a family, that, that is number one, what you got to have, because you can get good enough to stay and you can get good enough to be invited to the table. Um, but, but if your attitude is affecting other people or something like that, it's, you know, it ain't going to work. I like it. Get good and take the high road. Well, guys, we're going to have to do a part two of this at some point because I have a feeling there's a whole lot more that we could talk about. But in the meantime, tell our friends where they can uh, find you guys online and track down your stuff. And where's the best place to connect with you guys on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, so uh, probably Instagram, right? And so it's at where Stewart. That's W-I-E-R. Which no one can spell or say. S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Um, find us there. That's our, that's our handle for pretty much everything, you know, dribble and Twitter and our website is where stewart.com. Uh, yeah. So follow us there. Uh, we, we try to, we, we try to, we're on the other stuff too, but we like the format. And if you're ever in Augusta, the first full week in April, got a little golf tournament happening. Holler at your boys. Not sure that we can like get you there. But, you know, you can find us, you can find us down on Broad Street, probably drinking a transfusion. Yeah. Something like that. Where's Sounds good. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, catching up with me today. And thank you for being obsessed with design. All right, guys, that's episode number 31 in the books. For all of today's show notes, please hit up obsessedshow.com. And as always, please visit iTunes to give us a show rating and review as a side point they tell me we're up on iHeartMedia now i don't know what that means yet but i'll tell you guys more about it when i figure it out obsessed with design is a product of the design obsessed team at miles herndon we're a branding agency located in beautiful downtown indianapolis on the lucky 13th floor of circle tower hit us up on instagram this week we are at miles herndon also our show music is Matchbox Girl by Cassie Joe. 
Our show is always edited by Jen Eds at the Brassy Broadcast Company. Visit BrassyBroad.com to learn more about what Jen is up to. We have some awesome interviews coming up in the next few weeks, so please stay tuned. And if you have any suggestions about who you think we should interview next, hit us up on Twitter at Obsessed Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.